everyone and welcome to the Fashion Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a women-driven platform where women can post, engage and interact with each other. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck. I'm here with Julia, the chief marketing officer of Fashion Potluck. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And our guest for today, Aurora Menezes da Silva. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Aurora is a psychologist specialized in couple and family therapy and she's also the owner at Relationship Therapy Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, so we are now today in our office in Amsterdam. Spring is here. Uh, we have some delicious croissants and a delicious cup of coffee. So with that beautiful introduction, we can start with the questions. Yes. All right. <laughs> so Aurora, um, about how, um, what actually is an unhealthy or a healthy relationship? Can you define that? Right, that's a really good question to start yeah, off with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, sometimes it's easier um, to think about what is a healthy relationship in contrast to what is an unhealthy relationship, okay. right? Yeah. So if you think about what could be an unhealthy relationship, you're, normally what comes to mind is relationships that are characterized with a lot of conflict, where people either fight a lot, they have difficulty, um, what we call repairing, or going back to a place of feeling that things are okay after an argument. People don't feel like they're uh, connected. There's a sense of not feeling on the same page. So that seems to really affect all the areas of the relationship of the mm -hmm. couples, right? Yeah. Um, so conflict has a, such a huge impact uh, in that. So if you can think, therefore, of what could be a healthy relationship, it could be one where couples are able to um, deal with conflict. They, uh, they find a way through uh, feeling in a very stressful situation and finding a way to uh, understand each other and to get to a solution or uh, a situation. Some, sometimes people say middle ground, not necessarily middle ground, okay. but a situation or circumstance when both people feel heard, yeah. feel understood, and that from that place they can find maybe a solution for a future uh, situation. So it's kind of a healthy relationship is where you can have a good flow um, mm -hmm. and really feel like you're able to manage difficult situations yeah. in the relationship. About, uh, how about trust? Because yeah. for me, a healthy relationship would also be very controlling, very, you know, like interrogating, maybe. What, how, what would you say on this? Yes, for sure. So actually research supports that, what you're just saying, that mm -hmm. trust is one of the pillars of uh, healthy relationships. And John Gottman actually did a lot of research on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he actually identified two main pillars um, in the relationship. Mm -hmm. and yes. So he developed this concept called the sound relationship house. In one, in one pillar, you have trust. On the other pillar, you have commitment. And then in the middle... Up from the from the bottom to top, you have the different layers that uh, compose the the sound relationship house. So one of which is the friendship of the couple. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The other one is conflict management, as I was uh, yeah. talking about. And conflict man management then can spread out into other concepts that we can uh, develop more if you guys wish. Uh, and finally, on the top of the house, we're talking about shared meaning. And shared meaning has to do with how couples are able to bring their value systems together mm -hmm. and to create, um, um, some people call it a mission statement or a view of how they would like the relationship to be. Yeah. Okay. And it also incorporates how they're going to figure out a way to both people in the relationship be able to uh, attain or develop their own personal goals. Yeah, thank you. But do you believe that it's actually kind of the same for all the couples? Or for instance, for one couple, friendship is more important and 
uh, another pillar, let's say, is less important? I, th I think so. I think the way when people start describing how do they see the relationship, I think people use different words, right? Yeah. So they can say, people can say, oh, trust is very important for me. Uh, and other people might say, oh, maybe trust is important, but maybe honesty. Or people yeah. say, oh, maybe I don't need to be in a committed relationship to feel like I'm in a healthy relationship. Yeah. So I think how people define their own relationships really has an impact on how satisfied that they are. So yeah. that's that's a very personal uh, aspect, to be, to be honest. But when we start going a little bit deeper and understanding what these concepts mean, it seems that they might boil down to common factors among different couples. Mm -hmm. So if okay. you're thinking about trust, for example, trust is such a big word, everybody can say about trust or honesty are important aspects of the relationship. Right, yep. but many people use different words to to describe. Yeah, that. yeah. it's very individual. Then okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you were mentioning conflict, and actually, conflict is kind of we always see it as a negative term, but it can lead to positive outcomes. So, could you tell us what's the role of conflict in a relationship? Like, what if there are no conflicts at all? You know, is that actually good? Is that a lack of interest or? Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to talk about conflict a lot. <laughs> okay. uh, because that's one of the main reasons people come see me is because they're having conflicts in their relationships yeah. or be or the, the opposite of the spectrum, which is this, we don't even fight anymore. We're yeah, so yeah. distant, which is the opposite of yeah. that. And so yeah. That's I mean, quite dangerous as well. Yeah, yeah. of course, because uh, oftentimes that might mean that um, they've fought a lot, not necessarily for all couples, but for some of them, I mean, like they fought a lot yeah. for a long period of time that they become so exhausted and so drained and emotionally uh, distance was created between the two of them that they led them just to kind of give up a little bit on mm -hmm. that but then on the other hand there's still that keeps them together so they're kind of stuck in this middle situation yeah. okay. so that's kind of what you observe on couples who are um, have absence of there's no conflict whatsoever in their relationship you know so that's kind of a uh, an extreme case um Extreme is in a sense also common. But when we're talking about conflict per se, um, so it's not about whether conflict is good or bad, it's more about the process of conflict. It's how people uh, argue that makes a difference, right? Because if you think about conflict, even in other areas of our life, conflict is something that we cannot avoid. You yeah. know, if you uh, have a different opinion from somebody and for some reason you're not able to find a middle ground, there's going to be some sort of friction, attention there uh, until people find that we can find some sort of an arrangement or some yeah, sort of yeah. uh, a situation is going to make maybe one person happier there, but with something that makes everybody happier, right? Yeah. So maybe people feel that there's a better outcome after arguing about it. Mm -hmm. However, arguments or conflict can become negative um, depending on, if you will, the strategies or what we use in those arguments. When we're talking about couples, um, things that seem to be very, very detrimental for uh, the conflict or for the argument is what, again, Gottman <laughs> talked about in his studies being the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And okay. he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse because he said if these four components are present in a relationship, it for sure can lead to um, the breakup of the damaging of the relationship long term. You know, he kind of predicted in a period of five years time, if these are continuously present and Couples do not change that way of, of arguing. It can wait to um, to the end of the relationship. Okay. So that being said, where are those four factors? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're curious. Uh, so one is the criticism. So if, if during an argument we resort to personal attacks 
or to put yeah. the other person down or name calling. All of that is a criticism, putting the person down. Sometimes when we get really, really angry, we might resort to that. So mm -hmm. it's it can happen, but if you consistently use that, obviously it's going to have an impact. Yeah. The other one is what they would call con contempt or sarcasm or any sort of body language that uh, um, transmits some sort of disgust for the yeah. partner, mm -hmm. like rolling eyes, uh, scoffing, yeah. any sort of all of those types of behaviors that you would consider more like. That we actually see quite often. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Mm -hmm. That's the second one. So that's the second one. The third one is defensiveness. So defensiveness and, and criticism tends to be complementary, meaning when there is criticism, personal attacks, the tendency is for the other so, partner to yeah. defend themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of becomes then uh, a kind of a vicious cycle. So the yeah. more you criticize, the more the other person defends themselves and kind of creates a vicious uh, cycle in that. And finally, the last one is stonewalling. Stonewalling means when you kind of give the cold treatment or... Um, a kind of uh, cold shoulder or so you you become uh, as a result of maybe a lot of anger you just kind of shut down and yeah. you disengage from the conversation again defensiveness and um, stonewalling seem to be in the opposite of the criticism and the contempt so normally when the partner uses the, the criticism and the contempt the other person tends to use the other one mm -hmm. and they are complementary so yeah, the more yeah. I criticize you and the more I use body language that shows disapprovement or disgust the more the other person is going to either defend themselves yeah or at some point shut down as a result to keep an equilibrium or to, yeah. to avoid yeah, yeah the relationship to keep escalating or exactly. the, the conflict actually yeah. to keep escalating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. but I'm wondering then, uh, do these behaviors come in a specific time uh, or they're actually always present in a couple's, uh, in a couple, but then uh, as time passes by, kind of they intensify? There's not a rule of thumb when it comes okay. to this. And I think what's really interesting, sometimes people that call me and they say, okay, so we've been dating for X amount, like a year or two, yeah. and we're having these issues. Does this mean that my relationship is over? And um, it doesn't have to do anything with the length of the relationship, really. Okay. It has nothing to do with that. I think we could assume that couples who stay longer together they probably could find a way to manage these issues long term, yeah. right? So maybe they can find it, figure out. That's mm -hmm. why they keep the relationship for such a long time. But that's not necessarily true either, you know? So I have, even in, in my way of working with couples, in my case, what I have all people who are just dating for a few years and people who have been together for many, many, like yeah, 35 yeah. years. Yeah, so, okay. But the truth is, it has to do more how... Um, um, it's really an interesting... Um, uh, um, mixture because it's what each person brings to the relationship mm -hmm. right so some people tend to be uh, more outspoken than other people um, but in reality it has to do with what we call within our field your personal attachment style right uh, which is a whole different topic <laughs> but <laughs> but basically we somehow growing up are formatted or uh, influence to express our emotions in a certain way, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So the way we express our emotions and the way that we uh, send, uh, you know, a message, if you will, to the other person regarding our emotions and how we perceive mm -hmm. how the other person uh, talks about their emotions or about our emotions has an impact in this kind of dance. Yes, definitely. Okay. But what would be your general advice how to deal with conflicts? Of course, I think it's really personal for every case. But some general advice uh, would be not to use this for 
pillars that you mentioned, like criticism, defense, da, 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 or is there something else that you would advise to couples it's when there is a conflict ar like arising? Right, because when we think about these four, for example, we're just focusing, this is just one uh, component of it. When we think yeah. about the four horsemen, you know, yeah. the criticism, the contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, we can think, okay, just stop doing that and your relationship will be better. But that's not that no, that's easy. Not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Conflicts will arise as well, like that's always a thing, but how to deal with it in a healthy way? Is there some like general, a few general advice maybe? One thing that's really important is for each person to really understand how they deal uh, with conflict. Okay. You know what I mean? If you understand how things affect you mm -hmm. and if you understand that maybe sometimes when you feel um, disappointed or hurt that you tend to be angry, for example, yeah. which means you're going to tend to be critical or when you feel disappointed or hurt, for example, or sad, you're going to tend to maybe shut down and yeah. avoid getting to a place of expressing those. That's really important because that's what you're going to bring into the relationship. So first it's very important that you understand what is that you tend to do normally in arguments, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And the second component is really interesting about that is because an argument is something that causes a lot of stress between two people that love each other, or the assumption yeah, is, I care for you, you care for me. Um, there's this assumption that you have my back and I have your back. So a situation where there is stress or, or conflict is very, very distressing for people in general. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen is that your body is going to react in a very uh, uh, distressed way. So you're going to feel a lot of anxiety, right? And that's yeah. actually yeah. a physiological process, yeah. right? So you might become more and more or less aware of this. But the reason people use these different strategies, that these four strategies I was mentioning mm -hmm. before, is because they get hyper-aroused. They get yeah. really, okay. really stressed. Right? Yeah. So this maybe this leads to the sec second aspect. So after you understand what is normally how you deal with feelings, you know, the softer, more vulnerable feelings, as we call it, the second is to understand how you can calm yourself down. Okay. How you can keep yourself... So you do it by yourself, not with your partner. You do it with your partner. So this is a little bit of a conversation you bring yes. to the table. So you need to understand, okay, you know what? And this is why repair is really important. This is why uh, after an argument... Um, happen that you come back and discuss what happened. Yeah, otherwise it's going to happen again. And it's again. going to happen again, yeah. but also you don't have an opportunity to get to know each other and to create a relationship that you can influence together. Exactly. And that's what makes it really the difference. And also uh, studies by Cotman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they show that repair sometimes is more important than the conflict per se, because the conflict, the conflict you cannot avoid, but repair you can create that opportunity. Yeah, you should use it as a learning experience, yeah, As a actually. learning experience, okay. but also to learn about yourself, yeah. but also to learn about your partner. And the two of you can develop, develop a way in which you can calm yourself and the other person in the process. Okay. And normally what seems interesting, uh, and this is what is related to another studies by Sue Johnson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like identifying your own feelings, your vulnerable feelings, not the anger necessarily, but what's behind really the anger, mm -hmm. the stonewalling, the sadness or the disappointment appointment or the hurt and be able to label them, be able to put them into boards, yeah, really calms yeah. your nervous system. Okay. Yeah. It helps you to calm down. And so when you do that, it calms you down. But when you share with your partner, then it's the one comp comp piece one, piece two. It mm -hmm. calms your partner down as well. Okay. And when you calm down, you validate, you're kind of, uh, kind of sharing what feels for you. But then, because both of you are going to be calm, then you're going to be prepared to listen to your partner back. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can. It's just yeah, communication as always. Right. But uh, what and what actually should you then do to keep your relationship healthy? That's a big question. Blood <laughs> foot management yeah. is a very important yeah. one because let's think about. Let's think about, I think conflict management is a very important piece. There's the other things that go around it, really, really. Okay. Yeah. So, um, because what I notice also with, with the couples that I work with is when there's so much conflict in a relationship, it impacts all the areas of the couple's life. So, it impacts intimacy, the time they spend together, how they parent, for example. It impacts their 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 um, even their well-being so there's actually a lot of research that shows that the conflict has an impact even in your immune system yeah, yeah. right so ha- having a close relationship or, or emotional connection where you feel safe or you feel like or i'm able to express my feelings and you're able there's this kind of flow as i call it yeah and you're both able to talk and share and, and be able to be vulnerable with one another that is really a foundation for the, all the other issues right okay. because you're going to encounter different issues in your relationship where it comes you know, mm-hmm. to how much sp- time we spend together. How do we parent the kids? Uh, yeah, yeah how, a lot of different factors. A lot of different factors. Okay. But if you're able to come to the table and somehow discuss it, and somehow, even if you argue, but then you find a way through it and you're, you repair it, yeah. that's what makes a difference. Okay. Yeah? So basically, yeah. talking is a key. Yeah, I'm talking is a, is a key. Yeah. Okay. Um, Julia, you were actually mentioning trust, but what I would like to talk a bit about is honesty. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is the healthy level of honesty you should have with your partner? For instance, should you say everything which is on your mind? Or example, if you say if you see someone who's good looking and should you say, Oh wow, this person is really good looking, you know? That depends on I your d- partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still is there some general kind of yeah, like healthy level, level healthy level of honesty? I haven't come across to that one, uh, like in any uh, literature really, but my my personal view is I think that's again very personal to each couple yeah because each relationship is really a microcosmos it's a really a little a little world that the two of you create together with your own rules yeah mm-hmm. right so when um, let's think about early relationship compared with later relationships if you're starting a relationship some of these issues around honesty the time you spend together uh, your uh, wife outside the relationship those are things you are you haven't negotiated yet you know I say yeah yeah mm-hmm. in quotes because it's not that you're going to negotiate as if you're trading something but it's in terms of you need to figure out how it feels for each of you and what's something comfortable for each partner right um, so I don't think it's about or oh, what's a healthy level of honesty uh, maybe for some people, they say, make a comment about somebody they fi- find attracted in the street is something acceptable for them. But then the yeah. other person yes. takes offense to that. Could we say then, oh, there's, it means that I cannot be honest or it means that this is not an honest relationship? Yeah. Not necessarily. It means that maybe there's other things that your partner is completely fine that you comment on or that maybe... They're completely fine. You tell everything, yeah. what's in your mind, but other things there. So it's really a fine line between... How you create these rules with your with your partner? Okay. But okay. what is the healthy amount of time spent together then? I think that's exact. I would say the exactly same thing. I say exactly. for honesty. Also very yeah. I think in each relationship, there's always these two um, these 
two components that we need to balance. It's like individual individuality and togetherness, right? Individuality has to do with how do I express myself in the world? Who am I? Everything related to who we are as individuals yeah. and the person that we are outside the relationship, right? And then togetherness has to do with how we connect with our partner, how we connect with others. And we need both of these components in our lives. Correct. Well, what no. if the couple spends all the time together? For instance, they have like a common business or yeah, some other circumstance. How how to deal with that then if you spend most of your time together? Or if you get bored, I think that's also like perhaps in later stages of, stages of your relationship, you might, it might get exhausting or just you're together all the time, you know? Well, it depends on that particular couple, you know, maybe they are fine spending all that time together. Uh, But maybe for the couples, they are not. And they feel like if we have a business together, maybe we need to be more uh, diligent in making sure that we also spend time with our friends, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but spending time with friends and with people outside the relationship is as important independently of the configuration of your relationship. Yeah. So having um, having that component is as important as being and spending time with your partner. But it really depends on the stages of the couplehood. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the beginning stages of, you know, a couple who knows each other for a year or two years, the tendency is for couples in that stage to come together and spend okay. a lot of time together. Yeah, That's yeah. quite normal. It's, yeah. We call that developmental stages of couplehood, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about later years, for example, when people have kids, right, for example, yeah. where there's a lot of um, responsibilities around children and um, and work and they're in personal lives, then sometimes it feels a little bit... Uh, that they need more of that individual time because they feel mm -hmm. there's a lot of time spent together, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But from other couples, it's completely fine. Yeah. yeah. There's also cultural differences in these two yeah. aspects. For example, in some cultures, togetherness is more valued yeah. than being separated. But in yeah. in the case that you are actually getting tired and you need more personal time and you feel it, yeah. How? What would be the correct way to tell your partner about it without offending them? Yeah. Just bringing it up, just saying, well, it really feels I feel quite overwhelmed. I feel like I've been working a lot and I feel the need to maybe to um, spend time with my girlfriends, just yeah. go out for a spa and, um, yeah, I feel like I really am missing that in my life. And just open it for this way. like, how do you feel about what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it's a healthy relationship, obviously, I guess the person's going to be fine with it. It's just about finding kind of the balance between your relationship relationship and, and outside activities yeah. yeah yeah okay interesting but um actually this one is to a certain extent related um how do you deal with possessive partners that's a very good question because that touches on two different things one it touches on um uh, people who might tend to have a personal insecure attachment style okay or a way of relating to other people that it's more insecure, mm -hmm. uh, where they might tend, once they are in a relationship, because relationships is something that we are fundamentally wired for, so they're very important to us as humans. Yeah. And sometimes some people, they are not um, jealous or possessive or insecure at all until they enter a relationship. You might think, oh, that, that's odd. It's like, not at all. It makes perfect sense because we're wired to be in a relationship. So once we get into a relationship that we feel love and attachment to the other person, the fear of losing that person becomes greater. You know, mm -hmm. there's this fear of losing that person. But different people with different 
experiences of secure relationships when they were little react differently to these situations. Yeah. So for somebody who's more possessive potentially would be somebody who didn't have a, a, a somebody a growing up uh, parents or uh, important figures, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that were important or secure that provide a lot of queer love and queer um, reassurance. And could it be also that maybe in, uh, this was the model of the parents, of the relationship of the parents, that someone was more possessive with another? Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. And that's how they weren't about to love. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it's how seen they as normal to be that's possessive. Yeah, it's seen as normal. For example, in some cultures, yeah, if you yeah. show uh, to be jealous, it's like, oh, it means that I love you and yeah, care for you. Yeah, it really depends from many cultures, yeah. I think. It's really present. Yeah. Yes, it is. But and now you mentioned, actually, a parent. And I've got... Uh, it's, I'm always curious, for instance, uh, how does the relationship of your parents define perhaps your relationship mm -hmm. with your partner? Do you look up to your parents or if they had a unhealthy relationship, how do you, what's the influence? Is there any influence? Yeah, there is for sure. And it, it sounds like uh, the, the, the relationship that the parents established between the two of you, the two of them, um, have an impact on... Uh, also express this attachment style to this way of attaching or creating a connection or a bond with one another, right? Mm -hmm. So it means also that those specific parents are going to establish a relationship with that child, yes. right? So if one parent might think to be more uh, anxious or insecure, uh, so the tendency is he might develop that type of relationship with that child. And if one parent might think to be more withdrawn or avoiding of feelings, they're going to start, they're going to bring that into the relationship yeah. with that child as well. So mm -hmm. that becomes the models by which you uh, develop this idea of how love is supposed to look like or how do you express love, right? So that does have an impact, really. Yeah, okay, so it really, yeah, okay. I'm curious, can a possessive person, possessive in relationship, become like normal not normal but become very less open possessive. Yeah, yeah less possessive very open and very uh like trustful Tolerable, yeah, yeah. it there's uh, let's say that there depends on what's really the cause of that right let's think about well, a, a possessive personal part. insecurity for instance if it's personal or fear of losing the relationship yeah. right or if it's the need for validation reassurance that the that the person cares and that but they it all comes to insecurity as well i feel like yes yes it comes to insecurity, but also it's because they care a lot for that person they're afraid of losing mm -hmm. that relationship mm -hmm. right because you can then be very confident in the areas of your work and not yeah. necessarily come across as somebody who can be insecure but when it comes down to that attachment bond yeah that yeah, is yeah. very important right yeah. and again the templates you got from growing up also play a role in that mm -hmm. so if if this person is in a relationship where they receive some validation and reassurance mm -hmm. and they're able to use that to calm themselves down and the relationship offers stability and calmness and reassurance some people are able then to uh, calm down and what what helps in those situations is for couples to learn in this in these cases to ask for reassurance and to give reassurance in a clear way because sometimes when people are anxious they might ask for reassurance in an angry way yeah. okay yeah. in angry in uh they talk about double standards for example yeah. they don't realize they're being double they're doing those mm -hmm. things so sometimes yeah. the way they come across is in a way that it doesn't really 
helps the partner provide them the reassurance. Mm -hmm. And that's the catch-22 for these situations. So they don't receive the reassurance they needed, so they continue being possessive. Yeah. It creates a vicious cycle. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. But so really it's important for this couple to learn to navigate that and for the person who's more possessive to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. uh, understanding where it comes from, this insecurity, accept yep. that part of themselves need that reassurance and ask for it in a way that it's non-threatening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But yeah. how to deal with jealousy, though? I mean, it's a bit different from possession, I think, but it's still from the same area, kind of? It's the, sa it's the same, same concept. Yeah. I think what... But I also want to add another component to this, right? We're talking about, we talk, might talk about jealousy, we're talking about possessiveness, and we also need to understand what are this person's previous relationships. Maybe mm -hmm. they have reason to feel jealous yeah, because I mean, maybe they were betrayed in the past yeah. by other partners. So basically, if you're feeling jealous, you would say that it is possible for you to go over this feeling after you talk to your partner, basically. It is, uh, it's It's kind of a journey, right? Mm -hmm. Because once one feels, so if, if you think about jealousy or possessiveness, the, the word that is, um, uh, the root word is trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. it's all about trust. And we kind of talked at the beginning of this interview that trust is one of the pillars of relationships. So that's what allows us to feel secure and confident in a relationship. So if there's any sort of feeling that the trust or the safety, the emotional safety, the relationship is compromised, mm -hmm. we will go into a little bit of a panic. That's just a, a yeah. normal reaction, right? So it's kind of a journey where uh, the tendency will be, this is probably what would happen, is yeah. that for that person to, um, uh, in different situations, become insecure and need reassurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Okay. So th the, if the partner and, and, and them are able to find a way and, and provides that reassurance and they are able to calm down and able to feel safe and trust, then it, it helps w with uh, creating that trust. Okay. And once that trust is established, then the couple can navigate better the relationship yeah. without the other person feeling insecure. Okay. okay. But you know, I'm curious, uh, just a small question. Many people think um, gel the um, jealousy is part of your personality, is it or is it not? In which sense that once you're jealous, you will always be jealous? Yeah, kind of like you are just you are just like that. You will just always be jealous. And it like doesn't matter like how your relationship goes. No, but it probably depends on the situation. I think so as well. I think so as well. Or a trigger, you know? Yeah, I think so yeah. as well. It depends on your particular relationship, your particular experience. But many people believe that this is you're a part of character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are born to be jealous. Is it true? Or I'll is it born to be jealous. I don't believe people are born to be jealous. Uh, not I, to be, not like, <laughs> <laughs> like final point. <laughs> born as jealous with these characters. like a character yeah. is like a, like your trade personality trait but even personality studies and recent studies on personality traits really talk about that personality is a very fluid concept that depending on the situation we can have different behaviors mm -hmm. that you know and one of the things we can think about is let's think about expats you know ourselves living in a different country like Amsterdam or in a different city mm -hmm. you probably would have reactions and behaviors that you would not observe having yourself in your own country exactly. so it's very contextual it's really, yeah. right I think really depends on the security, I use the word security or the bonds you establish with your partner. It also depends on the stage of the relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you, or your previous experience really has have a huge impact and also how your partner feels about that. So okay. if you're in a relationship where you might tend to be a little bit more secure or jealous, but then your partner feels tr totally upset or annoyed mm -hmm. by it, well, that's not going to be a very good combination, exactly. right? <laughs> but it's like, are you guys wanting to work that through? That's what yeah. makes a difference. It's yeah. not about, it's, 
successful. It's like, do you want to work that through? Yeah, yeah. Do you question. think you have what it yeah. needs to work it through? And then it, okay. if you say no, okay, well, that's an option. <laughs> if you say yes, then, then well, we can actually work, work on it. Through. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's, I think it's good to know for our listeners because I actually I really like doing the research for this question. That I really heard a lot. Oh. No, like, like I heard, like my friend saying, "Oh no, she's just jealous. She will always be that way." And you know, I, I just thought it's, it's, it's not correct. It can't just be that. <laughs> the jealousy. I don't think it's your trait. So that's why I wanted to ask yeah. you that. But I think the, the answer is quite uh, clear. Clear, definitely. One of our last, actually, the last question is, and Julia and I were talking about this a few days ago, that there is a trend. I've been single. Yeah. Um, it's actually like, it's in like a trend, trend for 2019. Really? For 2019. Uh, being single, single is a trend <laughs> for the next year. Yeah. And, but um, like so it's being a trend meaning this is going to happen or it's cool to it's, be it's, single. It's already happening. Yeah. It's already happening. And like the trend forecasters, it's really, it's not like a, just like a social media like hype or something. It's uh, the trend forecasters, people who work in it, they notice a trend of people becoming single and not because, not unwillingly, but actually willingly they yeah. want to be single they want to stay single and they think being single is cool so uh we're wondering is do you believe that people are actually afraid of commitment in nowadays world so with me maybe before when you define people want to be single are they then seeing other people but not committing to them yes so they're yeah, like of course, uh, they, they do have having uh, relationships dating so have a sex life and all yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah it's just you're being you know, you're not being committed to a, a single, single person. person. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's really interesting. I'm wondering if also that's a little bit of a consequence of our current generation. Where mm. I think we really, again, I think technology might play a role in that, where we kind of... Dating apps as well. Dating yeah. apps, you, you know, there's social media. You you know what's going on in the whole world. So I think to a certain extent, maybe that makes us feel like you have all the options in the world, really. Mm -hmm. And why commit to one? Yeah. I think maybe that could be an aspect. But also, I wonder if maybe more recent generations i think there's also this there's more information about self development mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, there's all these um this concept of uh, improving yourself being yeah. a better version of yourself and and that's quite uh, I hear a lot of people also talk to me about this in, in the therapy room, about how they want to be a better version of themselves before they meet somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say this to me, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think you can continuously improve your yourself. And like we talked about earlier about conflict management, you can really learn a lot about yourself in a relationship, so. yeah. Yeah. right? But yeah. it sounds to me that maybe there's this idea that we can become better mm -hmm. uh, in versions of ourselves while we are single, while we are yeah. single, before we enter a relationship. And I think maybe what the intention in that is, maybe people want a relationship to work very well once they enter one. Exactly. Maybe they want to uh, explore themselves, maybe they want to do whatever they want to do, and once they want to enter a relationship, they want that relationship to be successful. So I guess maybe there's... Yeah more of that than lack of commitment. Okay, okay, great. Right. Like, yeah, also people don't really want to do, it's uh, slightly similar, slightly related. <clears throat> committed doesn't necessarily mean monogamous relationship, but people see committed relationship as like being, you know, like monogamous serious relationship and many people do not want to do this. Do you also think it's a new thing or? The, being in, in a monogamous relationship. Uh, being in a monogamous yeah. relationship, if it's a new thing, no, 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 no. So, like, like not willing to do this, not willing to commit to this, not willing to become, like, in a monogamous, be in a monogamous relationship. So, maybe wanting to um, try and be in different types of, uh, like, 
Like open poly- relationships? Open relationships, polyamorous, or yeah. swinging, swinging implies some sort of commitment, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so your question is again? <laughs> so do you think that's a new thing? The people, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's I'll a new thing or if it's more acceptable. Okay, yeah. yeah Maybe probably. it's more acceptable that people talk and explore other ways of mm-hmm. having relationships. Uh, um, because, you know, how... You know, even within the field of couples therapy, there's not a lot of, uh, it's still very young research on polyamorous couples, swinging couples, mm-hmm. or people who have open relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. So okay. the tendency is to uh, understand better uh, committed relationships, monogamous committed relationships. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think it's maybe a new thing, as if it, maybe it's more acceptable. And maybe talked about as well. More okay. talked about, again, technology. Exactly. We have a, a, you know, information at the, the tip of our fingers so we can know more things. Mm-hmm. So we, these things also impact our view of the world, right? So Definitely. we start, oh, okay, so what, what is this thing about? Or is this something I'm willing to explore? So this is really, uh, might be exciting, especially for younger generations. Exactly. Where you call, okay, the world is uh, <laughs> all of these possibilities, mm-hmm. you know, different from maybe a few yeah. years back. Yeah. yeah. Thank you a lot for um, being a guest at this podcast. I'm sure our listeners have a lot of new insights and information. Thank you. And for all of you who have any further questions or comments, make sure to leave them below. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.